Welcome to From a Trail to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today we have Jen Rosenbaum. And Jen embraces her femininity while allowing women to embrace their own. By daring her clients to shed their clothes, they begin to shed their inhibitions. In the last nine years, Jen has found a huge audience in the intimate photography market and is now sharing her shamelessly feminine movement with women worldwide. She proves that you can own your world if you live fearlessly, think audaciously, and act spontaneously. And you're about to meet someone I consider fearless. She's as real as it gets, and it's what makes her story and mission so inspiring. I knew when I met Jen a few years ago, she was a force to be reckoned with. I can't wait for you to hear it for yourself. Here's Jen. I am so excited to have Jen Rosenbaum with us today. We actually met, we both did a TEDx talk and it was uh, one of those things where I think it was like 16 of us, just the most incredible conversations, what everybody was sharing and doing, but I just loved what Jen was about, what she was up to and have been following her and just an unbelievable fan ever since. So I'm so excited to have her with us today. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. And likewise. (laughs) Wasn't that great? It was such an honor to be on that stage and then just to hear all of the speakers and what they were up to. You know, it's funny. I'm a big believer in manifestation. And the week prior to being asked to do the TEDx talk, I put TEDx on my bucket list. (laughs) I was like, I really want to do a TEDx talk. And then that email popped up and I was like, wow, that was easy. (laughs) And it's funny because I remember when when I got the call, being on the phone saying, I am not getting off the phone until... He says yes. And I don't care if it's the after lunch spot, which is like the worst one. And sure enough, that's the one. That's that's okay. It's, it's all good. So tell us about what you're up to, what you're, what you're doing here. We have so much to cover. So let's just, just get started. What do you do? So I am by trade, a photographer. I'm a boudoir photographer. So I help women celebrate their unique femininity shamelessly. That's what I do with my camera. I have this belief that if you shed your clothes, you shed your inhibitions and the true you really comes to the surface. So that's really what I've dedicated myself to. Like every woman has a story. I just take a picture of it. And that is what I do by trade. I also um, educate a lot of other photographers how I do what I do. Um, And out of that business has sort of grown this movement called Shamelessly Feminine. And so right now I'm nurturing that as I started my own podcast. I have uh, a website, the whole nine. And really what that is, is helping kick-ass women who need a kick in the ass is how Mm. I put it. Uh, Because I think that they're, it's the same thing I do with my camera, just without. There's so many of us that are amazing women and we believe that we're living full lives, but we are maybe just falling a little short at times and we just need that little push. And I, I just believe if we band together as women, we can push each other in the areas that we need it and we can really live full lives. And to tell you the truth, that's taken a new meaning for me and a new importance for me in the last year and a half, because I am also a recent breast cancer survivor. And when you are sick and you face, um, I don't know if I really like to call it a near death experience because I don't think my life was really ever threatened necessarily. But when you face an experience like that and you really realize that your time here is short, no matter who you are, you go, wait a minute, what the hell do I want to be doing with myself? (laughs) You know? And it's a little bit of like, um, it's a mind scrambler and it's very difficult to put your life back together after disease. I think because of that, because you really start questioning 
everything. So as much as I'm helping other women and kicking their butts, they're also helping heal me and kick my butt into, you know, living the most full life that I can possibly live. And this is where, you know, I always say it, how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift and, and causes a shakeup and really causes us to, to think differently, act differently, behave differently, because we're walking around sort of, you know, a lot of times numb and it takes some sort of significant crisis. You know, with my situation, it was betrayal to wake me up and say, Hey, you know what, what's going on here? And, and what can I do with this? And for you, I remember when we spoke it was, we don't look at self-betrayal in the form of disease as a betrayal, but I think in your case, you said, I remember you saying something about how you kind of felt like it was. Yeah. I mean, it's not, and it wasn't the first time. So I actually, my business was created out of the fact that I was struggling with infertility. I was trying to have another baby and um, I had two pregnancies. One ended with an ectopic that was life-threatening and the other was a miscarriage that was, my DNC was botched and it was a whole months and months of a production. And, you know, you start questioning your femininity and like, well, if I can't keep care of my babies in my body, then how am I supposed to be a good mom? You know, I can't even protect them at this level. And just feeling really frustrated. Um, and my business grew out of that because I, I taught myself photography as a distraction. And then it happened again when I was diagnosed with cancer. I'm going, what's up body? Like I take care of you. I go to the gym. I drink the green juice. I meditate. I go to yoga. I, I do everything that you ask me to do. And yet you keep messing with me. Like what's happening here? Mm-hmm. And to try to find, you know, that, that betrayal is difficult because you know, I think that if you're betrayed, and I'm not, I'm not putting it down, but I think if you're betrayed by a friend, a spouse, a family member, you can separate yourself. You know, you can say, okay, I'm taking myself out of this situation. You can't ever leave your body. You know, in mm-hmm. fact, um, there are times where I say, you know what, body, my soul isn't done yet. So you got to stop this shit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. excuse me. I hope I can curse on your podcast, but you got to knock this off because we're not done yet. And I'm not ready for you, you know, because of you and your stubbornness and all these things you're trying to push in my way. Sorry, it's not going to happen. And to find the peace in that in like, okay, well, what else can I do for my body to help it and to nurture it and to show it love um, and to hopefully keep it healthy, even when I feel like it has betrayed me. I love that. I love that. And how did you, because you did, you, you felt betrayed by your body. So what'd you do? I'm still working on it, um, I have to say, but I think a lot of it is understanding that this isn't something that's happening to me. It's something that's happening for me. And if I can look at it that way and I can say, okay, you know what? Out of my infertility grew my business and out of my breast cancer will grow something else great, which I'm not exactly sure what it is quite yet, but I do believe in purpose through disease versus just disease. Listen, it's no coincidence that uh, a boudoir photographer who takes a picture of half naked women um, had to have a mastectomy. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it can't be coincidental, right? Like I, I just keep coming back to that. This can't be a coincidence. There's a lesson here. There's a, there is um, a movement here. There's a purpose here and I, I need to find it. And yeah. And I, and I remember you had taken the most beautiful pictures. Didn't you, you do a whole thing on women who had mastectomies or right. Something like yes. that. I created a video, which you can see on my YouTube channel, actually, while I was undergoing treatment for breast cancer, I had had my mastectomy and I was undergoing chemotherapy. And I created a video of another breast cancer survivor who went flat after her mastectomy because she had a lot of um, infections and whatnot in her breast. And I just remember like spending the day with her and going, man, she is amazing. Like, look at her. She's beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. she's 
feminine. She's strong. She's inspiring. I want to be like that. Like I long to be like that. And my makeup artist and my friend Diana like kind of turned her head to the side and said, um, that is you. What do you mean? Mm. And I was like, oh, you're right. You know, and, and I don't even mean that. And I think as women, we are so afraid when we say, oh, you're right, I'm awesome. It's like an egotistical thing. It wasn't egotistical. It was like, you're right, I do have power. I do. I have power over myself and I have power to educate and I, I am here for a reason. And however much time I have on this earth will be used for that. What was the feedback you got from that video? It's been amazing. I mean, it's not even just that video. I actually, you know, one of the ways that I have sort of come to terms with everything is I did my own um, boudoir shoot. I had a photographer take pictures of me just a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And I post them and I posted one that was topless. And, you know, you you hit like the post button and you cringe like how is this going to land? You know, I'm not really sure. And you know, the truth is you don't really know because as public as I am and as people comment, there might be a hundred comments and, you know, 10,000 people seeing the photo. So you don't really know how these things land. Right. Mm -hmm. But last week I was at a trade show and it was as if the universe was there to give me messages. And everybody kept saying to me, I see you, I hear you and keep going. You're doing the right thing. And, and you're educating us and you're, you know, you're brave for putting it out there and this is what we need in the world. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And, and that's part of my healing as well. And, and embracing my body, you know, showing myself topless now is a very funny thing because to me, there's nothing sexual about it. These are just accessories at this point, you know, mm. like these are just like, they're just accessories, you know, there's nothing, they don't feel like mine. They're not, um, in my mind, they're not sexual. So showing a photo doesn't phase me, but I realize I'm also very desensitized and it might really like lands on other people differently. So, um, but it's important for me. It's important for me as a photographer and a breast cancer survivor to say, this is the reality of breast cancer. This is what breast cancer looks like. And it can be damn sexy and it could be real scary too. Right. Now tell me about the, the woman that you photographed, the one who uh, had Marianne. the mastectomy. Yeah, Marianne. What was, the resp- what was her response? I mean, what was, how did she feel going into it? How did she feel when you were done? She had had photos taken of her before, but she said that this was a different experience for her because this was really about um, embracing who she was. And that's, I have this expression, boudoir is who you are. And I don't, I don't try, like I, I bring people into the studio and they get hair and makeup and they wear, you know, nice clothes and whatever. But I try to say to them, don't come in and dress up like somebody else, right? come in and be the biggest version of you you can be. And so if that means showing your chest because you're flat, or if that means like wearing a big sweater, or if that means wearing whips and chains, like whatever it is, just be you, you know, be you, be proud to be that person. And Marianne has really embraced being flat to a new level and to try to inspire other women for them to understand that your femininity and your sexuality and sensuality is not held within these organs. This is just, this is not important. This is not the defining moment for you. This is just really for everybody kind of an accessory, you know, in a way. Um, so she's, she's really been spreading that message and she's, it's been really powerful and you know what, she's beautiful woman. And I think that she's still in pain. I think we all are. We will always have a level of pain and um, boob envy, as I like to call it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's especially hard for me as a photographer who sees a lot of women undressed that I go, oh, I miss my boobs. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I feel lucky. And I think Marianne feels the same way that we can just look down and we have these scars and, and these scars say, Hey, by the way, you're a badass. You got yeah. this. 
Yeah, it's such a sign of strength. And I'll tell you, I, I don't even watch many videos. And I remember that one because just of how powerful it was and how beautiful and how strong there was this strength that I just saw in her. And it was just, it was just magnificent. What I see all the time in, in my work is here's a crisis, whether it's death of a loved one, disease, devastation of some kind, abuse, betrayal, something. And we can stay stuck in it or we can move through it and create something we had no idea ever existed. And it sounds like that's what you're moving towards. What does it feel like is next for you based on this? Because the, just to say, okay, so my, my body on some level is betraying me, but what's the gift here? What am I learning? Man, that is a good question. I think, and this is really like, if we had had this conversation last week, my answer probably would have been Mm -hmm. different. This week has, has brought a lot of events in my life, uh, including self-love at a different level. And what I realize is, and I mean, I've really spent a lot of time like going to bed at night and waking up in the morning and saying, okay, universe, I just need you to help me love myself as fiercely as possible. Mm. And I think that this for me, and you know, you're the doctor, I'm not, but I think for me, this is a part of what's missing in women's lives. We don't understand self-love. We think it means looking in the mirror and liking what we see or accepting the 10 pounds we have to lose or you know, covering over our gray hair or whatever it might be. And it really has nothing to do with that. It's on such a deeper fundamental level of taking care of yourself. And I don't mean getting massages and pedicures. I mean, although that's part of it, what I mean is really being in tune with what makes you happy, what you want in life, what you will tolerate and boundaries. And when you stand up for those things, the love for yourself grows exponentially and you become powerful enough to then go after what you want to do in your life. I think that is so powerful what you just said. And and for so many women, I don't even think they know what they want. Forget about going out and asking for it. But knowing what you want and then having the courage. And for some women it is, it's courage just asking for How it. can we know? Because we're so busy packing lunches and driving carpools and tending to husbands and wives and what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, I realized somewhere along the line, I got lost in that. You know, I, my sickness made me realize I'm lost in the shuffle of life that I, listen, I'm successful and I'm doing what I need to do every day, but Um, there's a difference between, okay, so here's the thing. People say to me all the time, like, well, how are you feeling? And I'll say, oh, I'm feeling okay. And they go, well, you're just lucky to be alive. And I want to be like, am I? Because let me tell you something. There is a huge difference between being alive and feeling alive. Mm. And I think that I haven't felt alive through this whole process. And that's my thing. I want to feel alive. And that's what I'm working on, really, if I have to put it into words, feeling alive. And that might mean laying in bed one day just because I'm tired and I need, and I know my body needs that. And that's the self-care that I need that day. And that might mean going to Paris for my mastectomy anniversary, which is what I did because, and like two weeks before I decided, because I was like, no, I need a new memory on this day. And I want to feel alive on that day. And I think as women, we're so damn good at shoving down our own wants, needs, and feelings. And I am just so sick of that. And part of me wonders like, did that even cause my cancer? You know, pushing down certain feelings that I had in relationships in my life that, you know, I didn't stand up for myself, including the relationship with my own body. Mm. So I'm not doing that anymore. That's not acceptable in my life anymore. Jen, this is the type of soil upon which movements are born. I feel it coming through you. And, and that's really it. It's like when you, 
when you're walking around a certain way, whether it's because we think we should, or we're just numb, or we just, we're so overwhelmed that the only way to make it all work is to turn down our feeling and turn up the doing. And we Mm -hmm. do that for so long. And then something comes along that says, wait a second. No, no, no. There's more to me than, than doing my work and errands and whatever. And it it sounds like that's what you're getting to. Yes. And I want to say to women out there listening, listen to it, because if you don't, it comes back louder and louder and louder. And, and eventually it has a megaphone and breast cancer was my megaphone. And, you know, (laughs) I, you know, I ended up in the hospital like a month ago because I just like kind of my body gave out on me. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I was really tired. I don't know if it was exhaustion or a panic attack or what. I've never had a panic attack before. I literally thought I was dying. I mean, I, I, you know, I talk about how cancer is not a near death experience. That was a near death experience. I thought I was dying. I had to laugh at myself. Like, okay, I guess breast cancer wasn't enough. Now I needed this. Like at what? And I had this conversation like, okay, Jen, at what point are you going to hear what is going on in your life? Get it together. You know? You know, it's amazing that you say that because I had one panic attack in my whole life and it was around my betrayal. And I remember going to this yoga class and she always gave these life lessons and I loved it. And this one was about scars and it was about how, and she had breast cancer. And mm-hmm. it was about how, you know, when you're a kid, you love your scars, you're proud of them. Like, hey, look at my scar. And when you get older, you hide them. And I remember for like a week or so saying, you know, my heart hurts and just walking around saying my heart hurts. And then it started physically hurting. And I, and I remember saying, okay, you know what, Deb? Let's just make it that it's imagine there's a scar on your heart and it's healing and that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I was on a coaching call in my office and winding down the call and the room just got black and I started sweating and I just hung up and uh, my daughter took me to the hospital and it was a panic attack. And Mm -hmm. I said, this will kill me. And then I remember sitting there with all these wires and I'm like, this is for sick people. What the heck am I doing here? And that was a definitive moment for me too, where I said, no, 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 you have to just stop this. This will kill you. We're not good at this. And we're also not good at connecting. Like as women, we're not, it is so hard to say to somebody, I'm suffering. I'm suffering internally. There's a problem in my marriage. There's a problem with my health. There's a problem with my children we do this whole, everything's great. Everything's fine. I'm going to, you know, put on my makeup and put on my smiling face and Hey, hi. And I even find that really difficult. Like I find if I don't want to be around somebody, I can't fake it anymore, you know, because I have spent a lot of time in the last six months, especially suffering emotionally. I think that you heal, you know, you go through cancer and you're like, okay, well I did treatment and I did surgeries and I did all of that. And you know, you're just fighting for your life. You're just in fight mode. So you don't deal with the emotional Mm -hmm. aspect of it. And then all of a sudden this tidal wave of emotion comes and it's like, you go, wait a second, what just happened? like, Mm -hmm. how did I even do that? What did I do? And that's when all the other people retreat from your life and they say, oh, you're good. Okay, on to the next person that needs us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of you wants to wave a flag and go, guys, I'm not good. I'm not good. I don't know how to put this back together. I equate this and I would imagine betrayal is the same thing in that way. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article about this actually that, and we might've even talked about this when you did my podcast, but I wrote this article saying that cancer is like a tornado. And when you go underground, right? You know, a tornado's coming and you go underground and then you come out and your house is there, right? You see the roof tiles, you see the bathtub, you see the staircase, 
but it's not in the same configuration that it was before and it's not livable. Mm -hmm. And all you want to do is go back and live in that house. It's just safe. You just want to go back and live in that house, but you just never can again. And there has to be some sort of acceptance of that and understanding of that. And I would imagine we would go, well, why did the tornado hit my house? Why did I, you know, why me? Why me? Sort of a thing. Or you can look at it and say, well, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest house I Mm -hmm. always wanted because I'm going to turn this into a silver lining here, you know, but it's just, it's a journey. You just don't, you know, people say, well, you've been so positive. Yeah. But I don't just wake up and go, yay, I got breast cancer. I can't wait to share this with everybody. You know, it is still a process. And I think that it's very difficult for women to be honest with each other about those processes that we're going through, through life. And I would love to see more of that honesty and connection. And it is, that's what it is. It's honesty. And you know what you're describing is it's actually in the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. This is going from that stage three, which is survival, pure Mm -hmm. survival, very practical to finding and adjusting to a new normal Mm -hmm. because you're right. The old normal doesn't exist anymore. And it's like, if you've ever moved into a new house, condo, apartment, whatever, you don't know your route. You don't know your way around. It's not cozy familiar yet, but it's going to be okay. That old norm isn't there. Mm -hmm. And the more we try to fight for the old norm, the more frustrated we become. It's just not there. It's very depressing. It's very depressing. You know, I find when I get into that, like, well, I miss my boobs and I miss, and then I go, just stop. You just got to stop that because that is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. You know, this is a disease of the mind. And I think betrayal probably is also, it's not a disease of the breast. It's a disease of the mind. Well, you know, what you went through was not, was not a necessarily just a betrayal of the heart. It's a betrayal of the mind. Mm -hmm. Everything that you thought you knew to be true is all of a sudden in a blender and you're like, whoa, what the heck? And you have to question everything. I mean, I think about, I eat a carrot. Is this organic? Is it full of chemicals? Is it going to hurt me? I get my nails polished. Is this bad for me? Did this cause my cancer? I drink water and go, where is it in a plastic bottle? Is it raising my estrogen? Is it, you know, like to live life where you question every single thing It's exhausting. exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it's exhausting. And we do that because we're trying so hard. And I, I see this with the strongest women. We're so strong. We're so capable. We take on so much until we can. And if I tell you how many women I've worked with where a disease almost on some level benefits them because they finally have a break. Yes. They finally have some time off, you know, and, and. Oh, I didn't know I had a couch until I started chemotherapy. (laughs) I was literally like, whoa, what's this thing in our living room? You know, like, I mean, I never sat for a minute. Yeah. I really just hope that so many of the women listening are hearing, not just hearing what you're saying, but they are hearing it at the deepest level that it doesn't have to take a life crisis to take care of ourselves, to celebrate ourselves, to say what we want. Like, I remember it was really after my betrayal that I redefined everything. I mean, even my entire marriage, everything, you name it. And I would do dumb things all the time. But then now the new rule is if I do something really dumb, I'm just adorable. (laughs) that's just you you talk about i'm going to turn this around on you for a second but you talk about like you created this these new i don't remember exactly the term you just used but you created this new way of living just a new new life life. how do you i think my biggest challenge is like figuring out what it is that i want like how do i define that you know and um I'll tell you, your yeah. body knows. You, yeah. If it feels open, expansive, good, loving, safe, free, it's good. If it yeah. feels constricted, small, old, familiar, 
It's the old stuff. And I know it's so easy to bring back all the old stuff because it's so familiar. familiar. I know it so well. I know it like the back of my hand. But then I look at it and say, if I'm bringing in the old me, then everything else that's old is allowed to come in too. And yeah. there's this thing. It's really, it's death and rebirth. You have to die to the life you've known in mm. order for something new to be rebuilt. It's like those houses where you see where they just keep sticking new stuff on. No, the house, like you said, that tornado, once that tornado comes by and just levels your house, beautiful, because now you can build whatever you want. But if you're bringing any of the old you into this new life, then all the old stuff has to be yeah. able to come with it. And I refuse because yeah. what's the point? What's the point of growing, evolving, transforming if mm-hmm. if it's not all the way there? It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of strength. And I think that I feel that strength very often, especially this week. I'm really feeling that strength. And then, you know, and that's kind of what I talk about even with Shamelessly Feminine is like being in that zone. Like that's the zone, right? Where we know what we need and we go after it and we do it. You know, like you say, with so many women, we don't rest, we don't take care of ourselves. And those are the, those quiet moments. I think we avoid them when there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives because we don't want to think. And those are the most important moments, right? Like those are the moments where we really like, you know, the universe taps on your shoulder and goes, by the way, while you're sitting here and you're quiet, how's your marriage doing? <laughs> you know, or how's your yeah. job going? Or how happy are you today? And you're like, oh, just shut up. I'm going to go clean the dishes, you know? Right. But it's like, if you really listen, like I have this expression, trust your gut, it's always right. Mm. You know, if you really listen, the universe talks to you, I think. I mean, maybe some people out there think I'm woo crazy, but I really think the universe talks to you. I mean, I have, it's funny, before I was diagnosed, I, I remember meditating on this thought of like, I want to help more women. I want to reach more women. Universe, how do I reach more women? How do I help more women? How do I make more of an impact? And then breast cancer came and I was like, wait, 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 that's not what I meant. But you know what? That's what was delivered to me. So, you know, I need to use that for a purpose, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, like betrayal for me, I mean, that's when I didn't learn it off my family betrayal, it just, it comes back. I mean, it comes back louder and louder. And then you say, okay, there's gotta be a reason why, because otherwise you just look at it and you feel punished. You know, what did I do? Like a victim. Who the hell wants to be a victim? And here's the thing though. And this is what's so important for so many people listening to understand. We get a lot of benefits out of being a victim and you have to give them all up. If you're going to play big, think about it. Self-pity, sympathy, your story, someone to blame, you know, you have to give all that stuff up. But yeah. when you do think about how much bigger you can play, like, look at you, look at the work you're doing now and the people you're impacting. If you were stuck in your story, it would be all about you. Yeah. I, for me, I feel like, well, breast cancer isn't my story. What I do from breast cancer will be my story. Like, that's really what I'm like, okay, this is, this is not, I'm not a sick person. You know, I don't want that to be my story. And I mean, listen, I have my moments. I mean, there are dark, dark moments in cancer. Even when, I mean, my doctors never said to me, your life is at risk. You know, I had stage 2B. It's pretty high up there. I had pretty serious cancer, but nobody ever said to me, this is going to threaten your life. I knew I was going to live through it, but man, there are dark moments, like Mm. dark. And that's, you know, I talk a lot about like flipping the script. Like you really have to get into your brain and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to let myself have this five minute pity party, but like, Mm, let's not go there. Let's just not go there because, um, you know, it's, there's a fine balance between dealing with the sadness and the mourning and the loss and giving into it. And there is, I imagine a grieving, you know, there is a grieving process that you have to honor. Yeah. There is a grieving process and I'm still going through it. I still, um, 
I don't, I'm not sure when that ends. You know, this was a, this year. So this summer was one year ago that I was diagnosed and I was, um, and I had my mastectomy and the anniversary really hit me hard, way harder than I was prepared for, which is why I was like, well, let's just go to France because <laughs> I don't want to be miserable here. I want to be miserable at the Eiffel Tower, you know, yeah. uh, with baguette and jeans in my hand and wine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it hit me really hard. It hit me really hard. And from what I understand from some friends, it gets easier over the years and it gets better over the years. And I look forward to that. But I also try to stand in the moment and say, I, I need to deal with this now. I need to feel the pain and the agony and the sadness because if I don't, it will come back and get me at some point. And I, I'm not ready to, to sacrifice any more time of my life for that. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you find that strength then? Like, let's say you feel that emotion, that familiar pull of victim and sinking into just that sort of abyss. And you and you may even allow yourself there for a, a little bit of time. What do you do? What's the process that says, okay, stop, turn it it's around? It's a training of the brain. I mean, the brain is a muscle. My brain is like in such good shape. <laughs> <laughs> Of everything else that's flabby and out of shape because I haven't been able to go to the gym. My brain has gotten such a good workout this last year and a half. You know, it's it's a muscle and it's um I find that there's two sides of my brain that talk to me pretty often. People are gonna think I'm crazy now, but there's two sides of the brain. There is that side of the brain that's like, woe is me, why me? Feel bad for me, this sucks, I lost my boobs, my life is over, blah, blah, blah. You're not sexy, you're not female. And the other side of my brain is like, would you knock it off? I mean, seriously, things could be worse. And, you know, let's like be real here for a minute, right? And the thing is you have to increase that side of the brain. That That is really the reality. Because the truth is this side of the brain that's like, woe is me, it's not reality. Mm-hmm. I'm living a good life right now. You know, like I'm healthy, knock wood, and I'm getting my life back together and I'm cleaning up a lot of shit out of my life, which is hard and complicated and emotional but it feels so good. Like it's cultivating that positivity. It's the meditations. It's the repetitiveness. It's like the every day, like I try every day to say I'm healthy, I'm happy. And I got this, you know, I'm even this month, like it was breast cancer awareness month. And it's a hard month for breast cancer survivors, I think, because as much as we know awareness is important, it's hard to go and see things everywhere. Like I was. I took a flight on Delta. Their napkins had a pink ribbon on it. And mm. I go to Fairway to go food shopping, and the tortilla chips are pink. And you know, it's like really like pink tortilla chips. Okay, <laughs> but um, I had this mantra every time I would see something about Breast Cancer Awareness Month that I would say to myself, "You're strong, and you got this. You're strong, and you got this." Because I. I'm trying to forget about cancer, you know, on a daily basis. And here it is as a reminder of my face every day. So I just turn it around. Okay. Yeah. You're strong. You got this, Mm. you know, it's all good. And it's just these triggers that keep showing up to, to test your strength. Absolutely. You know what I, what I love about you? There's so many things I love about you. But one thing is, is really just how it's not this sort of Pollyanna look. It's very real. It's just real. It is. It's a cognitive decision that you're making. You know, you can't positive think yourself out of everything. Let's be honest. And people that think like, oh, I'm just, I'm so positive. Like, oh, stop it. Don't tell me you don't have a bad day and and your reality doesn't hit you sometimes. What I'm talking about is a cognitive decision to say, I am not going to let my brain go to those dark places because it creates neuropaths that are familiar. And I mean, I'm no scientist, but I know this and I refuse to dig those deep into my brain. I would much rather the positive be dug deep into my brain. And eventually what happens is, you know, you'll feel the sadness and you'll go, wait, wrong path. 
let me go the other way. And it's, it's literal training of the brain, just like when you go to the gym, just like when you train for a marathon or anything else that you do. This is how I get through life. It is the training of the brain. Beautiful. Jen, anything you want to make sure everybody knows before we wrap up? Um, feel your boobies and do a self check because I found my cancer myself even after multiple clean um, mammograms and sonograms. So please, please, please do self checks of your breasts. Do not be afraid; they're not scary. And that you know, if anybody is dealing with breast cancer or if they have anybody with cancer in their life, I do a lot of videos on my YouTube channel to help support those who support those with cancer. Because I think that um, one of the hardest parts of cancer is managing everybody else's emotions. You don't want to scare people. You don't want to be honest with them about how much you're hurting and how much you feel like crap. And you know, you're, you're managing their emotions and they don't want to tell you how scared they are and you know, how much you look like crap. So <laughs> you know, they, everybody sort of distances during cancer, which is you would think the opposite happens. But in my experience, people sort of stay in their corners and just go, yeah, yeah, you look great. Awesome. Everything's good. You're healthy. And um, it's, it can be a very lonely disease. So I talk a lot about the realities of what a cancer patient is actually thinking and doing and how you can support them. And it's come to my attention that not many people talk about that. So um, if they want to see that, my YouTube channel is just YouTube dot com forward slash Jen Rosenbaum. I think it is under. Beautiful. And and you know what you said, such an important thing where it's, and I, and I see this in any kind of trauma. Someone is so much better off just going to that person saying, I don't know what the heck to say to you, but I'm here. Yeah. Better than saying nothing. So yeah. I mean, you'll find when you go, when you go through these major life events, there's the two camps. I always say there's like the lean in and there's a runaway. You know, there are, I made a lot of new friendships and people that were like, I'm leaning in. I don't know you, but I'm coming over and I'm bringing you a meal. And I feel like this is my way of showing love. And then there are the people that are like, I love you, but I don't know how to handle you. And I don't want to be around this. And I mean, I lost friends over having cancer, really. So I literally had a friend say to me, I just can't deal with your shit right now. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, see you later. I can't be bothered with you, you know? Wow. So that, yeah, you experience relationships on a different level also. I mean, it's just, it's just, it messes with everything. Well, we're just all leaning in. Count, count me in. I'm one of those who are leaning in right to you. Jen, thank, thank you. you so much. I know you, you impacted, you know, everybody who's listening today and really just shared so much wisdom that we can all benefit from. Thank you thank so you. much. Thanks for having me and letting me share. So Jen dropped some truth bombs on us for sure. I love how her authenticity and honesty keeps allowing the next and best version of her to unfold. Be sure to visit Jen's YouTube channel and we'll have the link in our show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. A crisis gives us the perfect opportunity to change our story for one that serves us so much better. See beyond all the shoulds to see if there's something so much bigger that's calling and needs your attention. Life isn't just meant to be lived. It's meant to be lived fully. And Jen gave us lots of ways to do that. And I have a gift for you. So head over to pbtinstitute.com and receive my gift of how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.